Hi everyone, welcome to Black Ant, a candid conversation about racism, white people, and ways to move forward. I'm April. And I'm Jonathan. We're brother and sister, looking to discuss how race informs important issues, current events, and what white people looking to make a difference can do. So let's dive right in. Jonathan, what's on your mind? Yeah, so I feel like this episode, we need to dedicate this whole episode to this topic that is really uh, sort of expansive. I want to sure. talk about true crime Ooh. and the the it's sort of, sort of this huge phenomenon that's been occurring for the last few years more than that um and it's just this huge genre of tv show documentary podcast book uh, all sorts of yeah it's just everywhere you look it's true crime the genre yeah um i just want to talk about the way that race and racism i think before we get into that maybe some introductions are in order yeah, so if you heard that, um, that was Frankie, our the little puppy, Frankie the Rhodesian Ridgeback, uh, six months old, who is in our studio. And when I say studio, I mean April's basement where we record. You know it. Um, with us, and Gracie is here as well, my other Aww. hound. There are guests today, there our are guest g- features. Right, feature, featured guests. So if you hear click clacking on the hardwood floor, that's their claws. If you hear... As if on cue, (laughs) as if on cue, uh, that is them whining for no reason. Um, Love it. So, you know. Love it. Real people. We're in lockdown. So, true crime. Okay, so you're a fan. Love. I am. Like, it's it's like my go-to genre for most of the time I spend that's not doing work. So, what? Podcasts, TV, everything. So... As it relates to race, what are you what are you seeing? What do you want to talk so about? So there's a bunch, actually. So first, I want to talk about um, yes, Frankie. It is a big deal. Um, first, I want to talk about the demographics of the the victims and perpetrators of a lot of these serial killer true crime. Um, it shouldn't. It, it's almost like it shouldn't be called true crime, right? It should be called true suburban crime white suburban crime (laughs) um because it is heinous crimes that have taken place outside of los angeles or some major city Mm -hmm. and it's a suburb um and it's a it's the story these serial killer true crime stories which is sort of what i want to focus on i guess in this podcast um manifestations of the sort of suburban american dream a story of a white woman or a collection of white woman victims um, whose sort of suburban ideal American lives Mm -hmm. are gruesomely ruined and upended by a killer. But it is just so interesting that it is never, um, I hardly ever see um, black victims. I hardly ever see black. Now, granted, there aren't as many black serial killers, right? And the science shows that serial killers who tend to take these uh drastic steps and become these horrific people stay within their own um demographics usually racially um that's why i don't go into the suburbs <laughs> right it's a dangerous they're, place they're, i was gonna say it's uh, like what are you gonna do about all this white sure white your windows crime, are locked etc rolled yeah. up oof right um but so it's just interesting to me that you know i listen to a lot of podcasts and i listen to a lot of um true crime documentaries where they recount a story and it is it, it it really is this sort of time where everyone in the country was uh you know free love hugging kissing uh 
hitchhiking. That's how people got around oh. is hitchhiking. So many times these murderers would take advantage of people who were hitchhiking. Um, and it's just, this was right in the seventies and eighties when this started, when this really started to become a thing. And um, there just was a lot else going on in the country in the seventies right, and eighties right. that don't have to deal with this. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I mentioned earlier that you and I, like when we were talking April, that like I watched this true crime documentary about some serial killer and it was in the you know eighties. And then right after that, Netflix queued me up with this documentary about the crack ep epidemic mm -hmm. and how all the violence and how many people died. I'm like, so that's true crime, right? That's yeah. exactly the same thing. There's people dying. It's a. Yeah. It's an epidemic. It's a. You know. Yeah, but it's not um, romanticized it, like white serial killers are. Right. Where it's like, there's whole episodes of all the women who show up at the uh, trials and right. you know right. loving on these dudes right. and like sending them nudes and right, shit right. like that. You don't. It. You don't get the same vibe. Right. On, documentaries about crack right or yeah it, violence in the inner cities it's just interesting there's a um there's a show on netflix called the pharmacist uh and it's i highly recommend it's about a, a murder and this guy this dad who was a pharmacist who um is a white guy who basically like tries to solve this his son's murder um who's his white son but it's in new orleans it's in like the the city of new orleans during the 18 or during the 80s so his son was involved in crack and that's like how he got killed, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's like this moment where they touch on the fact that this white family who's now investigating no longer lives in this, in this area, in the whatever ward it was, um, because things have gotten sort of rough there. They sort mm -hmm. of touch on it for a second. Mm -hmm. It's like, right, so white flight happened mm -hmm. and you're, abs you're leaving and taking all of the resources from that neighborhood is actually what turned it into this place where your son was killed. Right. Um, well, now he goes back. He has his, his, his quote, safe home haven. Right, out in the suburbs. And now he chooses to go back into this, right. you know, to get dark, scary right. city to get drugs. Right. And so that is, right. That was the only time where I saw where they sort of touched on it like that. Granted, this wasn't about a serial killer, right? This is just about mm -hmm. a, a um, run-of-the-mill sort of day-to-day -day murder, which is so messed up, but yeah. a drug crime, you know, um, related to drugs. And so, yeah, it is, it's just interesting to me that um, it can't do, this true crime genre, as much as I support it, and, and in terms of my, I give them my money, right? Like all the shows and all that, I, it can't do good for race relations, particularly with respect to white women. Um, if it's not changing the narrative on how we think about these crimes, I think if I'm, you know, I've had to stop listening to which my one, what, my favorite murder. Yeah. Because one, I, I, I love those, the hosts, hosts, it's uh, Georgia it's, Hartstark and Karen Kilgariff. Yes. Yeah, great hosts, entertaining, funny. They fed off of each other. It was, it was, yeah, they were, they were good hosts, but it, there was just, as far as depth and, yep, yep. you know, there was just a lack of really taking it to the next step and really examining the crimes and the differences, differences in how we speak about, like, quote, sexy crimes versus right. your regular old, like, standard theft or murder or something that's not, right, uh, right. something that's, quote, expected right. in different communities. So it's, you know, we white people and... I would say America, we expect crime to happen. We expect black people to be involved in crime because that's how the media portrays black people, criminals, uh, largely. And that's how the news sort of hypes up 
their their you know own own ratings and right. keeps their viewers. Right. Who they show the the right criminals, the right, right. people to be the, the af- afraid criminals. of. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if we spoke about on these these true crime uh, shows and podcasts and radio um, shows, if we spoke about them the same way we talk about. Right. inner city crime right. it wouldn't be so sexy no, it it's wouldn't. like be, they talk like, about this is a problem. how hot these these murderers were right. all the right. all Bundy their followers like, this attractive and, guy. yeah and like how they were so normal and it was just so unexpected but it's like he was like murdering ripping off the legs of frogs in his backyard like okay right. it's expected at this right. point right and when when do we move from expecting you know young black men to 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 be thieves or something or right. violent criminals to 30 some white men being serial killers right i don't fear when i'm walking down the street i don't fear black men to you know commit some crime toward me it wouldn't make sense because the people i see these serial killers these rapists are white dudes right in their 30s right so it just doesn't we don't we don't treat it the same we don't we almost idolize we them romanticize and, and they're, it, yeah. they're so cool and they're so mysterious who's your favorite and, serial killer yeah, yeah yeah who like you know you go into work on monday and it's like who'd you learn about this week you right, know it's right. like and I, i'm a part of that like i, I totally love it it's entertaining it. yeah. it's fun it's just the damage it does it is significant and it's teaching you know, it just to me it i talk about especially i'm talking about my talk to my friends who are women and white about true crime generally it just it just i can't help but think that it instill it solidifies and sort of instills this notion of like being afraid be afraid of things as they're happening mm-hmm. in your house which is i mean in my mind it's like women have every reason to be afraid um living in this country in this society but it is uh it just to me I mean, it, we'll get. We'll talk about this later. Like, it leads to this notion of like involving law enforcement in a knee-jerk yeah. sort of reflexive way. All I'll just the call interviewers the cops. like, well, why didn't just call? The why cops? didn't we just call the just cops? Call the cops. When in doubt, call the cops. Yeah. You know, like it's like, oh wow, um, yeah, well, that we'll is be dead. yeah, like that that's happens. not an option yeah. for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, it just to me is um, it is there are a lot of things we could talk about in terms of true crime that are um, that are problematic in the way that it generally ideal you know sort of romanticizes crime generally um but i really do want to focus on the intersection of race um and the 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 question of um sort of what can people who are taking in this information and this entertainment really it is entertainment um do in their sort of every day as they're watching and taking this in to sort of make sure that it's not infecting their mind and in a way you, that's going to make them afraid of men black men really like what do you say like you know to the people who are thinking all right i watch a show about a horrible serial killer they portray them as this you know horrible person who did horrible things and now i know that he was horrible he existed yeah what what's so wrong with that yeah so i mean in my mind it's not there isn't anything wrong with just that on its own um but it's the notion that like it's always the narrative of like this pristine uh suburban life that is ransacked by some person that is just going from backyard to backyard just totally um upending these people's lives through their through their you know left unlocked doors and windows Mm -hmm. that are open Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's just hard for me to remove that from the racist reasons that the suburbs were created in the first place, mm-hmm. which was the fe- white flight and the sort of fear of um, bad things happening um, at the hands of black people um, and drugs that black people were responsible for in their minds, in white people's minds, in back in the 70s and 80s. And so um, with the creation of the, you know, and, and firming up of the highway system, we it was convenient to be able to live outside of a city. Um, so was it like, it's almost, you almost make it sound like there's a lack of recognition that the racism that created suburbs also helped to create the serial killer embodiment of a serial killer basically because from house to house this is not it's not the same as like a a a murder on the street well that is right and uh, instantaneous and reactive well and 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 and, and in a city people hear it people hear it yeah there's not a lone quiet on the street 20 30 yards between the next house and so it's not necessarily right it's not necessarily that you're um you're going to immediately know about all these crimes. And so it would take the cops forever to sort of, um, when it was a serial killer, for example, that was moving from town to town or neighborhood to neighborhood, it would take them a long time to even know that it was the same person because it was so disjointed. Um, and so, you know, there are a few examples, a few uh, uh, different examples of, of serial killers that did operate in cities. There are all those like rippers, quote unquote, that are, that went from, like in London, that mm-hmm. happened a while, the whole Jack the Ripper thing. But then, like, Son of Sam was in New York City, and he was he would just go up to people in their cars and shoot them, basically. Um, so it was a little bit different, but it is, it is most of the time, the murders, the serial killers, and the true crime uh, stories that get the biggest um, headlines, the Golden State Killer, the, you know, Night Stalker, the Hillside Strangler, the... Um, you know Ed Kemper mm-hmm. um, the people can you tell can you all our listeners tell that like <laughs> we're, yeah. very yeah. these, we're very into these we're very into these shows I know yes, that I know yeah Ed yeah. Kemper quote unquote to the extent that you have a favorite uh, serial killer Ed Kemper is my favorite See? but like of course he's an animal yeah. Um, but yeah, it and is, yet it's always no, a sub, it's suburbs. It's always yet, a yeah. There's a, no the the idea weird. of the suburbs in people's minds. Right. I'm sure it's not changed. Right. You don't and, you don't right. now fear it's the aberration. suburbs. It's an aberration. Yeah. And right. That's the whole it's point. It's a one off. That's it's the a, whole terrorist part of this was that it was taking away that thing that white middle class people had achieved for themselves which was like being able to just walk to school and hitchhike Mm -hmm. or you know being able to live your normal life cutting your grass windows doors open no fear of crime like the big scary crack infested cities that's the part that they don't mention in all of these documentaries is like the like the big crack infested cities part Mm -hmm. the the part of the sentiment is what everyone was thinking back then Mm -hmm. um and it's just interesting that like it's interesting to watch white people make a whole genre out of something that couldn't have come about without racism, institutional right, right. big time racism. And like, what I love, I love, I love at the end of all of them, it's like, I just couldn't believe it was him. Right. Never. Because he yeah. was just, you know, your average American guy. Right. He liked baseball. Right. We went on a date. Right. He liked to right. have guns right. and shoot. Right. He also happened to Say- like light your dog on fire right. in your backyard right, 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 and right. like hated women. Right. Which is becoming uh... and and was a cop. They're almost right. a oh, lot of times they're in law enforcement or yeah. military. Yeah, and um, it's just like I so never telling. expected this of him. Yet 
you like flinch at every black person right, that you exactly. walk past in the city because exactly. what are you expecting of right. them? You never expected anything of six foot ten Ed Kemper who was like ripping right. like frogs' heads off when he was a when he was fifteen years old and that tall already, right. like and put in prison for all sorts of crazy sexual acts. Yeah. You didn't expect anything wrong yeah. from, coming from or him. Woman... He hung out with police officers yes. all the time. Uh, he hung out at the bar with them all the time. It's like y'all or... whiteness just blinds in my mind, blinds people to the, yeah, the clear to the possibilities signs. of, <laughs> like, yeah, of yeah. people. In it's people, not to blame these people. Yeah, like, no, it's not to blame. Damn, and you're it's not, black people. And it's not, right. And it's, <laughs> and it's not, it's not placing responsibility. It's if the only person responsible for these horrible crimes are the, the killers themselves. But, right, like how but it, it, and it serves to show the difference in, in how we treat criminals totally. depending on how they look totally there i mean the media's all over it it's a it's a shocker it's a right. oh my gosh he murdered his wife they had a picket fence they right. had a golden right. retriever right. How, he could he be a like, how could he be well, a murderer how could he be a murderer well he hated uh women and right. he uh he's a psychopath yeah, and, yeah he didn't have he didn't understand emotions and nor did he probably feel them or, yeah. and he showed signs since he was a child but he had a nice crew cut and right. like, right. you know, he was called a my mom, ma'am. He was a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Like, they let Ted, Bund- you watch the Ted Bundy trial. He's walking around the courtroom representing himself. No handcuffs. No. First off, so often are these uh, serial killer murderer types have law enforcement backgrounds um, mm-hmm. and are arrested for other things, arrested yep. for assault. And back in the day, arrested for rape, even, which mm-hmm. rape was sort of just, it wasn't a, a sort of special crime, quote unquote, yeah. as, as it's treated today. It was like just, a, it was like assault. Like, it was yeah. treated as like a, like you pushed someone. Yeah. Um, and right, like having gun possession. So many yeah. of these people are found when the police like contact them to just register their gun or just to mm-hmm. check in. The... She cold? Put that blanket over her. Yeah. just to register their gun it's already we're not we don't think we're you know you did anything we just got this gun came the hit came back when this is yeah. right when like ballistics were becoming a thing and it's like these the leeway that these people get yeah. and it's like no yeah, yeah that's the gun that he used to uh pistol with this lady and like right. bludgeon her to death right so, yeah, right like, should... and then from that from the arrest to yes, the they just get treated trials, like... to the courtroom where they have the light. They're not in shack. They're not no. shackled in the courtroom. Right. Ted Bundy's a great example. They have suits and ties on. They are allowed to shave themselves. Arguing with the prosecutors. Free, talking to the judge like their peers. Like just they're granted so much leeway where At... you see black people on trial and you oh, yeah. expect to see that orange jumpsuit yep. or whatever. Full on body shackled like so... from the wrist to the waist to the feet. You know, they haven't been allowed to clean themselves up in any way. They're, if they They've speak, been in holding. They've yeah. been in Rikers. Like, that's... If they're allowed, if they're given the, you know, freedom to speak, it's, you know, brief and they're answering questions directly. They don't have freedom to be themselves and to, to show who they actually are. They're just treated like criminals. April, at the end of the Ted Bundy trial, when he was sentenced to, spoiler alert, the death penalty, um, <laughs> he, the judge... So Ted Bundy, to remind our viewers who are not into true crime, Ted Bundy is one of them is probably the most well-known serial killer. He traveled across the country and killed women in multiple states. He would 
Uh, it was back before the internet. It was back before police officers and police jurisdictions were really talking to each other. So it took them forever to figure out that this was the same guy doing all of this through California and Colorado and then down to Florida. And, um, and but no one ever expected this him. guy. He would write. He was so we handsome. Never know. He was so handsome. They, 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 they say um, he he would y'all like he would cut women's heads off and leave them in the woods and come back to them later and do stuff to them, disgusting things to them. He would, um, you know, blood. He went into a sorority house or right on campus and killed two or three women and beat up two or three more. And then the same night went and did something else in another place a couple miles away. Like just a very gruesome person. At the end of his trial at which he was being sentenced to die, the judge pretty much says like, you know, son, I feel bad you could have been you're so smart you could have been something else mm -hmm. you could have gone another way and i would have actually you could have been a great lawyer and i would have loved having you in my courtroom i would have loved having you you yeah. know be in front of me as a lawyer but you know you chose the other way sorry partner and it's right. like i'm sorry are you talking to a person are you saying i would have loved to have gotten to know you in some other aspect mm -hmm. to someone who's just killed like that we know of like 35 Dozens. or 40 yeah. people yeah. women um it's crazy is that, that a joke can you imagine end, you were black at the like, end there is still that expect or that desire to have ted bundy be the real american the, right. guy that we love we a comeback story is. we yeah. love a comeback story he robert got, downey jr he just got mixed up <laughs> right. he just got off on the wrong path right, right. it's just no truly... like you don't trip off the the right path onto the wrong one and end up slicing this a woman's guy, throat this guy like, escaped from jail twice he escaped from holding. He was he let escaped. out. He was, he was put he into was, a private room. Yeah, like a like, private phone call. He is. It's just not. He's not, he's a crim. He's a hardened criminal uh, sociopath with no uh, remorse or no. Was arguing until moments before he was put to death. But um, people don't expect he's. That's not how his life was supposed to turn out. Right. Because white people are supposed to be good and successful and happy in the end. So. All this is to say, just as a, a a reminder, when you're watching this stuff, just just think it, it happened to me so many times during the Trump the Trump presidency. What uh, if he were Obama? What if he were black? Uh, uh, right. But so, but think about it, it when you're watching this stuff. What if this was a black person? What if this was a black person? Gasp! And the woman was the same victim. This oh suburbanite gosh. white woman who were so night stalker is a good uh one example he is uh his name is richard ramirez he's latino um so it was not quite the same but it was but but picture picture the leeway that these people are given and the the way that we romanticize these people as uh as almost characters in a true in a true crime genre as opposed to real mm -hmm. murderers mm -hmm. some of whom are still alive who we are, don't allow them to represent their race exactly. you know the way any that we, black that person who commits a crime is right. just an way the way that like black, black, that white racist people will take uh a crackhead for example and right. that is the representation of all if it's a black person all black people right and it's just like right. oh. another one there's right. another one right right like are we taking the opioid 
pandemic uh that's hap the epidemic that's happening like right. pretty much based out of kensington philadelphia right. Another are we taking that as, as as representative of the white race no. like no of We're course not. yeah not. and and we don't even and and we shouldn't right, but course. we but we don't even there's no like general fear of a 35 year old unmarried white man you know but you know like, what they you know what inter- what's interesting the background of all of these we've mentioned so many times of or so many instances the background of these men it's almost always men there are a few women serial killers um which i should note it's often almost always in the context of sex work um when women end up being serial killers Mm -hmm. so it's in the context of a um of a society that probably because this woman was down on her luck um forced her to resort to something that she didn't want to do um that's not to say that some people don't want to do sex work i'm sure they do um but a lot of the times in these stories it seemed like there there wasn't but so many times the men are i just can't get over so many times they're former police Mm -hmm. former law enforcement they know how to not leave clues they know how to be stealthy they know how to be they know if you walk somewhere with enough with your shoulders shoulders back as a white man and enough pride mediocre as you might be mm-hmm. criminal as you might yeah. be people are not people are not gonna like... look at you a, a second way these people get you know uh the golden state killer was had been arrested for for stealing things to kill people with rope <laughs> and hammer and gloves and like was stolen and 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 then was made up some story and like, oh, just my, my cop buddies or, yeah. you know, whatever. And you're like, given the benefit of the doubt as a white person. Exactly. To the nth degree. Literally like serial killer tools. Right, like, right. He's stealing them right. because you don't want to buy them because that leaves a trace because he knew that because right. he's a cop. Right. Um, so stealing is actually like a safer way to do it, but it's also illegal. Right. Um, and it is, yeah, it is just this notion that... Um, yeah, giving the benefit of the doubt, and this is not to blame anyone for the fact that these serial killers get such prevalence and such so and can are so successful sometimes in what they're doing. It's just so you keep it in mind mm-hmm. while you're watching this. For a black person who's watching it, my mind is blown so yeah. many times because of uh... y'all. Y'all really put y'all really were <laughs> y'all really had Ted Bundy on trial. He's been accused now of these heinous crimes. Y'all really put him in a room by himself right. to make a private phone call. Right. April, Bruh. I'm talking about like in the, no, no, no. In the trial, he has a a, a pen, like an ink pen. Yeah, like, it's just like. Ink pen. He see. walking around. Yeah. It's like, bro, this guy has ripped women's heads off and he is a, carrying a at, sharp object around the people who have accused right, him. Right. There's still that. Oh, he wants to. He, uh, did, did he? Out of But here. did he though? It's like, no, yes. Like... And then at the end of it, the judge says, I wish you would have yeah. gone the right. Yeah, so um, look, so I think we should take a quick like palate cleanser. We've talked a lot about heinous stuff. Yeah. But I think when we come back, I think I, I do want to talk about calling the cops yeah. as, a, as a knee-jerk um, response, which is so often what we hear. So, um, okay, so we'll be right back. Um, like I said, this is all true crime episode. So if you don't like it, this is, you can, you can turn us off. <laughs> yeah, this is what it's going to be. So we're back. Um, 
so yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, um, how do you want to phrase that? Like the, the, uh, the I feel like I'm being taught as a person yes. um, when I watch these true crime uh, shows, especially. And I also remember in school, but we mm-hmm. may not, uh, don't want to get into that, but being taught uh, that if you see something, say something. Boom. If you see something suspicious on the street, call the police. If you, if you feel like the a situation might be out of whack, Call the police. It was a big thing after 9-11, too. Yeah. It was a you, big thing. If see you see someone a, in the airport, say something. call the police. Yep, exactly. If you, you know, and... You see a lo- piece of a bag sitting somewhere right. that there's someone might have looked right. like... Say call something. the police. Yeah, if you see totally someone taking more uh, time than you think is necessary to unlock a car, right. call the police. Right, right, right. If you see a dark <laughs> shadow... You see where we're going here? ...walking down the street and you can't see exactly what they're doing, call the police. If... Something just feels off to you. Call the, call police. the police. It's like, wait a minute now. If you feel afraid, right, call the police. Right. So if you've listened to this podcast, made it to this point, or through our <laughs> through our the life of this podcast uh series, you will know where we're going with this. So it is um so first the policing in the United States should be uh, torn down and defunded and restructured in a way that actually keeps people safe. Um, We are the most violent, deadly of the quote unquote developed nations. I hate that term, but of our peer nations that are very wealthy. um, We spend the most money on law enforcement and the most people are murdered and and assaulted here. So um, our policing does not keep us safe. It just doesn't. Um, Despite the heroic stories that you will hear sometime coming from law enforcement, statistically our, our Please don't keep you safe. So um, calling the police at the drop of a hat. um, Usually people call the police once a crime has already been committed. That's Mm -hmm. one thing. Um, But second, police in this country are militarized. They are made to seek out a disturbance or a law being broken and to neutralize it not to apprehend it necessarily sometimes mm-hmm. if it's, that's the way it goes but often um they're bringing the violence with it's them. not right it's they're bringing guns and 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 bulletproof vests and sawed off shotguns into a place um where there isn't another weapon usually mm-hmm. um and so um but we've seen so many instances think back to 2020 think back to even a few years before that so many instances that have been publicized of cops being called on black people for us just living our lives. So... Yeah, you can't mention the act of doing something. While and... black. <laughs> While black, <laughs> yeah. where I can't tie it to a black person who's been murdered for doing that. Right, exactly. While no. doing that. Right, so hanging out in the lounge area at Yale, yeah. having, you know, eating ice cream on your couch. Right. Like sleeping. Uh, Botham John, you know, like, uh, like it's sleeping the, in your own sleeping bed. Sleeping in your own bed, like Breonna Taylor. There's yeah. so many. Bird watching in the park. Like Christian Cooper. Yeah. There's so many um, instances where the cops get called because a white person feels like they're afraid of something. Or in their mind, something feels off. Mm-hmm. So it is... Or the, or even, I'm not even willing to sometimes yeah. go that far, or a white person is slightly inconvenienced. Right. right. Oh, totally, totally. This person's or, here and they shouldn't be yeah, here. Yeah. Get them out of here. Get them out of, out of my this, public park. Out of park. this alleyway right. that I drive through. Exactly. Right, right. Um, right, or public park, exactly. Right. 
Um, but a lot of times it is a general, uh, I'm willing to, for purposes of this podcast episode, because I love true crime and I know so many of our listeners love true crime. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give y'all white people the benefit of the doubt in terms of calling police. A lot of the time it's a genuine fear, but that doesn't mean it's not racist, right? right? Like, so right. that doesn't mean it's not bolstered by the fact that black people are presented as scary the most racist people wouldn't say that they were racist the most racist people would think about like the david dukes of the world they would take a, to? yeah right he could take a pod I bet, a podcast he could take a, a lie detector a polygraph and i bet you he would come back flying colors yes i'm not racist i'm not yeah, racist yo, for i'm sure. not yeah and so but he is of course we know he is so right. let's not you can be racist and do racist things all the time, one, you know, without knowing it, and two, which is obvious, and two, genuinely believing something that, right is, thing, that is like, right, that yeah. is race neutral, um, but but that you believe it is race neutral, but, yeah. but it isn't, of course. Right. And that um, stems from the belief that black people are likely to do you more harm. Right, that's implicit to, bias, To right? commit like, more crimes, exactly. who are more likely to be a criminal who might harm you. Right, right. And so we and i have to call i have to call them out because it's 2021 and i'm like making it a point we called out the you know my favorite murder podcast which Catherine or sorry uh karen and georgia which is i just love that her name's karen um and <laughs> right um and and there's this podcast called morbid um a true crime podcast which is great um i love them it's um i won't be able to remember their uh the host names but um they it's two two young women and they often jokingly and and sort of not even but you know giving advice to their listeners you know no why would you go investigate this yourself call the police call the cops call the cop the, i listened to an uh, uh, an episode yesterday where they said what's the worst that could happen mm-hmm. just call the police just in case yeah. it's like well so i can tell you the worst that could happen right um is that black people that are there for whatever reason get killed will be dead by the police for no reason right um and you called the police out of something that was afraid was you know made you afraid but was actually just your neighbor who you know whose black friend was house sitting their house while Mm -hmm. they were away um and so it didn't feel right to you because it was something different than your white neighbor but examine why that why seeing a black person in your neighborhood doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. to you um and then why what's the worst that could happen if you call the police uh take that to its logical con- conclusion right based right on what actually we know. think that through come on right like, based on what we know about police right. and what we know and like you know it's just a constant reminder that white people have to to give themselves that your experience your reality is just not that of of everyone else's like right. it's just you don't experience the world the same way that other people do. That non-white so, people do. Yeah, it's just, and, and I, I, can under, POC. I can understand why <laughs> that <laughs> would be so hard to, because it, it's it's you, it's your experience. How do you step outside of that? But right. you have to, because right. people are dying. Right. Uh, Breonna if, Taylor if, is dead. Yeah, if you, know? if you don't like, do that, yeah. And, and it's because, it's because police came to a place and they did what police do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And so it is, our police aren't trained to be uh, mediators or dispute resolution experts, mm-hmm. conflict resolution experts. Yeah. They're, like I said, they are trained to neutralize. It's military. 
and so often these these podcasts, these documentaries, the people that are they're getting to give insight into these serial killers, into these people's minds, uh, the true crime you know villains are law enforcement. They're police. Mm-hmm. They are they are the detective Salerno mm-hmm. who are uh, who's like he's yeah. a G right? Like he's become known as this sort of brilliant guy that solved all these you know serial killer crimes. Then you have the whole FBI team who developed this you know basically invented the term serial killers and can't they it's the team that gets covered in Mindhunter, the show mm-hmm. which another one so good so totally totally thank you second season especially is, yeah is great um you know they're cops telling the story so of course they would always say yeah call us call yeah this, mm-hmm. this is the guy we're looking for this is the guy you know yes just, yeah. it, just to be safe just to get someone on the yeah. just to make sure we're sending a patrol car yeah. by but a um, cop telling you to call the police is like my dog telling me to throw the ball one more time like <laughs> Damn, you know what yes, I mean but you yes, know what I mean yes, like because yes. it, it only serves well, you, you well if you're a, a, a hammer everything looks like a nail right like right, it is it right. is your he wants the cops want you to do the thing that cops do which that, is that brings him in to, to make him right, involved right, right. yeah um and so, yeah, it is just something else to keep in mind while you all are taking in this this wonderful true crime media, which it is again like you're. Coming, I mean, I get my popcorn. This is coming like, from two people, right? I put like my I take my little gummy, and, like, like ready yeah, to go, oh, like, and just like get you know? so into right, it, but, ready like, to go. Let's learn about the Night Stalker. Yes, like, you know, like and I sure. love it, love all of it, love, love, love. Um, it there are everything intersects with race in this country. So to the extent that you can think of the innovative ways that a uh, a genre that has blown up so much and is so popular like this intersects with race and how it would happen in your neighborhood and how it would ha- Actually, you know what? This can be, I want this to be our um, action item. I was just going to say, yeah. I have a good, like, yeah. and I feel like we're getting there. But I feel like part, so much of this, I can just hear some of our listeners and I, I feel y'all, I can hear you in your frustration mm-hmm. saying yep. why can't i just have fun why can't i just have <laughs> something that i enjoy on a friday night wait like and, same like no like, i like i says feel all you, black feel people you. I, but, okay <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah yeah right. yeah but i also hear you as someone who just like loves fucking true crime like yeah. it's entertaining yeah, it and it's is. dramatic and it it's is. fun and it's, it's exciting fascinating. it's so fascinating people are so fucked up like it's so interesting right. learning about them however so much of the work that we all need to do, I, I think deals with our own discomfort. I'm not trying to ruin true crime for anyone. I love it. I'm not gonna stop watching it. Listen to it. I've watched I love it so much. Is. Yeah, like, it's amazing. I'm on YouTube now watching yeah. obscure stuff. Yeah, no, like, I know you even... had like run out of Netflix yeah, and tried like, sending me YouTube links. It's like, okay. Right, um, but like. But it's good. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I just think it's important that people not, people who are uh, committed to fighting for equity don't, get too comfortable mm-hmm. um, in anything you do because we've said it time and time again everything in life everything that in, in life that involves humans involves racism and that includes our favorite TV shows and that doesn't mean you have to not you to you know boycott and say well I can't watch this anymore because it's racist right no watch it and then use it but think watch it and use it as a tool but for you and it's in my mind it's like this is totally to- totally use it as a tool but this more than most things you say most things almost everything in our life involves racism interacts with racism this think about who the players are here yeah. it's law enforcement mm-hmm. it's white middle class women and men who have fled cities during mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s and live in their like pristine towns mm-hmm. there is regardless of the fact that 
the thing we're studying is serial killers or actual crime being committed against those people it's intertwined in racism is intertwined in the fact that they even exist in these suburbs yeah um and racism is intertwined in the fact that police are the people who we call to respond to them yeah because policing as it exists today is based on racism yeah um and the you know slave patrols literally runaway slaves so like google that if you haven't yeah um so I think the action item is, and maybe this one isn't as direct as some other like actual actions are, but next time you watch true crime, mix in some discomfort mm-hmm. with the excitement and the what pleasure and if... the you know joy. Mix in some discomfort and ask yourself those questions. What if the if with the serial killer were black? What if all the victims were black? What right. if all the police officers were black? What if the it, the neighborhood was right, all black? Right, all those questions. Right. What if? What if the here here's one. What if the victim is the same victim, white woman? What if her husband were black? Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. And the if, husband is he, always the is always the suspect, but can you imagine what right. it would be like if you were black? Oh my gosh. And imagine, yeah, uh, imagine all those different scenarios and imagine if you would still be watching it in all those different scenarios. Would the show have been made? Hmm. Would you have stopped on it to watch? Would you have been so interested? You know, like it, and the answer is probably no for some of those, not all of them, but for some. And then think about why. Boom. It's been a while since we've had a podcast that is just two of us, April, and no, yeah. an episode that's just the two of us and no. There's only one person for you to interrupt. So I have another guest. Oh my gosh. Burn. Ooh, burn. This episode of Black Anne was produced by us, April and Jonathan Perkins. It was edited by me, and our music is by Fifth Child. You can find more of his work at fifthchildmusic.com. That's number five, fifthchildmusic.com. You can find Black Anne wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Also, be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, be mindful, be vigilant, and and keep keep asking asking questions. questions.